I'm curious, are you an emotional spender? I know I can be. Today's guest shares with us how she has worked through emotional spending. So that is episode 114 coming right up. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the preferred podcast by many women across the globe to help you take control of your finances. Join me, Jen Hempel, a motivational money coach and your host each week as I share with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's do it. You have made it and I'm happy to have you here. Now in our household, this is the second week of school and we are off to the races, literally. The next six months for us are super, super busy and I've been mentally preparing for getting through these next six months, having just a kind of a game plan in place. So hopefully that things will go smoothly. A quick reminder that next week is the last week of this season. So season number four is coming to a close. We'll end off with episode 115, and then we'll start back up with episode 116 on October 5th. I've got another great guest uh, to introduce to you today. In today's episode, you're going to learn the dynamic that was created from the money messages she received growing up. You're also going to learn what happened when she realized it was just not just about the budgeting. And you're also going to learn what steps she takes to keep her impulse spending under control. Let me share with you a little bit about Natalie Ann Taggart. She is a women's leadership and business coach who specializes in supporting intuitive, empathetic women get over the fear of putting themselves out there so they can create lives and businesses that feel like magic. Over the past few years, she has overcome significant fear and self-doubt when it comes to money and running her business, and she's so excited to be here today to share what she's learned. So let's go ahead and get to meeting Natalie. Welcome, Natalie Taggart, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, it's nice to connect and to interview someone that has listened to this podcast, too, as a listener. So <laughs> it's really nice to have you on. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. So, Natalie, Let's start off with your money story. We want to know how you grew up around money, uh, what you observed, what you saw, maybe experiences you had with money. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh my gosh, Jen, it's such a juicy and broad topic. I think money is, I mean, it's pervasive, right? We talk about its role in our lives. And I think so many of our like formative money experiences influence so many areas of our lives. So for me, growing up with money, it was really interesting, because I got a lot of conflicting messages. On the one hand, you know, it was like, okay, like, we're okay, like, everything's fine. And we can like, I've actually been joking with some friends recently of like, my pattern is that I would rather just like throw money at a problem than like, deal with it. Because mm. that avoidant pattern came up a lot. Then on the other hand, I got a lot of messages of like, 
oh my gosh, like no money is stressful and there's never enough of it. And you have to always be like conscious of what you're spending. And so it was very confusing and it really made me feel created a dynamic for myself around money in which I felt unsafe. Like it was either very overspending and kind of putting my head in the sand of like, okay, like, yeah, of course there's enough, there's more than enough. And then other times of like, oh my gosh, like super restrictive and there's never enough. So when I started to untangle that dynamic and that story around money, it was just really interesting to notice for myself of like, whoa, I can actually create my own relationship with money and I can treat it as a friend and it doesn't have to be these two extremes of one or the other. It can feel really good and juicy. And that is still absolutely a work in progress. Oh, it's as for everyone. (laughs) But I think it's so powerful to kind of look at that, those formative experiences around money. And then Mm -hmm. as we develop our relationship with it on our own terms, be able to create the kind of relationship that we want. Absolutely. So when did you have that aha moment of I can, you know, when you mentioned that you could actually create your own relationship and, you know, have money like as a friend, treat it as a friend. So when was that? And how has that changed how you manage money, how you deal with money? Totally. So starting my business absolutely has been such a personal development journey in that way of really forcing me to look at money and the ways that we exchange value and that I personally like exchange value in the world. I think when before that, it was always kind of like, okay, I have this paycheck, I have enough to cover my bills. And And that's good, right? Like, okay, cool. Like, I don't have to peek under the hood and see what else might be going on here. Um, But when I started my business and I didn't have that security anymore, A, it was really scary, which I'm sure you can relate. It's, Mm -hmm. It's hard to kind of make that shift to making your own income. And so I racked up what felt like a considerable amount of credit card debt pretty quickly And when I realized like, okay, I have to deal with this, that was really the moment of like, all right, this is not just like budgets and managing, even though that's super important. It's also like, how am I relating to it? Because I have this budget and it doesn't seem to be to be working for me. So what else is going on here? How can I shift that relationship so that the tools I'm using can be effective? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I love that you have had that realization. So what would you say, like, when growing up as your parents, did they sit down and teach you anything? I know you mentioned you had some conflicting messages, but did they ever sit down and um, talk to you about money um, and teach you some things like, I don't know, personal uh, finance skills, whether budgeting was the any of that happen growing up or no? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, budgeting. I still remember my mom took me to the bank when I was like seven years old to like open my first savings account. You know, it was like I have this memory of being so intimidated by like the <laughs> bank. You know? um, yeah, and there was a lot, there were a lot of conversations around budget and responsible spending, we would get like, when we would go shopping, it was like, okay, you have like, 
$20 and you can spend it however you want to spend it. But, but you only have like this 20, this $20, you know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Um, so I felt pretty well versed around like, and then as I got older, I was like, okay, I'm managing like my personal finances and my household finances of like, okay, kind of here's my, here are my categories. Here's what I want to be spending on, you know, groceries or rent or gas every month. But again, it was that like emotional component and the relationship around money that was missing. And that's what I kind of had to come around to on my own was that realization of like, whoa, okay, it's not just like the spreadsheet and tracking my Mm -hmm. finances, also like, Am I overspending when I feel like stressed? For example, I'm a, I'm an emotional spender. So it's like all, well, I don't, I try not to anymore, but you know, it's like if I'm feeling stressed or sad, kind of like go shopping to make myself feel better and like, okay, what's that about? And kind of unraveling those kind of emotional tangles around money was something I really had to learn kind of by trial and error. Oh, absolutely. And I've had a similar experience where Growing up and even uh, coming into adulthood, you know, becoming quote unquote independent, um, I knew what I had to do. I had those quote unquote budgeting skills. I was good with money, but I never, the, the aha moment came a while later when I realized I had a scarcity mindset, when I uh, realized that it wasn't like you said, and I completely agree, it wasn't just about budgeting. It was about, and it wasn't just about saving for retirement. It wasn't about just about uh, getting out of debt. It was the reasoning why uh, that was. Why was that important? And, and you know, it wasn't just the angle, but it was more about why. And that's the where the excitement is. And yeah. that's what motivates you and drives you to move forward. So I really love that you brought that up. And yeah. what would you say would be your challenges around money? I know you mentioned you're, you were an emotional spender. Uh, were there an, are there any other challenges that you have? Yeah, it's definitely still, it's so funny. I, I'm, this is something I'm working on this week. So this interview could not be more perfectly <laughs> of um, the whole boom and bust thing of like, it's something in my mind, it's a spectrum. And so I've been able to kind of like, bring the spectrum in. So the very, it varies less widely than it did, but there's definitely still like more variance than I would, you know, like prefer or that my ego is like, you know, desires. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely still like consistency and kind of being upfront with myself. I think something I definitely still struggle with is like you said, scarcity mindset, even if like, I know that there's enough money coming into the business it's like okay well what is enough right like when can I relax and just letting myself be okay with whatever whatever it is and not stressing myself out of like I should have more there should be more and I think that's definitely it's just an ongoing thing you know that I am constantly checking myself around and it has gotten easier and I think it's just okay continuing to bring that awareness and not being too hard on myself for wanting to be somewhere else. I think that's something I see a lot with women. We can just be so judgmental and like really mean. And so I try to ourselves and 
bring that like uh, just a little bit of compassion to myself and relationship with money. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. And what would you say is the best money you've spent? It's such a good question. When I saw this on your list, I, you know, I've invested so much money into my own personal development, but I would really say, you know, it's coming to me. The best money that I spent was actually to move to California because I grew up on the East Coast. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I have always wanted to live by the beach and it felt really scary, like a stretch to, oh my gosh, can I like really do this? Can I allow myself to have this? And it's been nothing but so transformative and amazing and confidence boosting in terms of like, yeah, I really can make my life the way I want it. Mm -hmm. So just that leap and that investment in myself has been so, so powerful. Love it. Love it. And when, if, if you could take us just a little bit, like through a 30 day peak, a window peak at your finances, what do you, how do you manage the finances? Uh, your personal finances? Do you, and what tools do you use? Do you sit down once a week? Do you look at it daily? Take us a little through as to what you do to manage your personal finances. Totally. So I check my balances daily. I'm, I try to stay very connected to my money in that way of just like, okay, even just knowing, like if I don't do anything else with it besides looking at it, that was something I really kind of had to train myself on. And then on a biweekly basis, I follow the Profit First system. It's a Mm -hmm. book, um, yeah, which is so transformative. So twice a month, I'll sit down and say, okay, like what's come into the business? And then I'll pay myself. I'll put money into the operating accounts and taxes and savings, kind of disperse it that way. And then once a month, um, The second time, like towards the end of the month, when I do that, I'll also look back on the month. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. And say, okay, like how much did the business bring in this month? Like, how are we doing on our goals? Like, are there any gaps we need to cover? Just staying like, kind of very connected in that way. And then in regards to my personal spending at this point, it's pretty much evened out, which I feel is a really big accomplishment for myself of like, okay, like this, I feel good with the numbers and where they're at and, and just saying, okay, like making sure that all the targets, like I was saying, the grocery budget or the like meals out budget, which ironically is where most of my (laughs) (laughs) eating is important. (laughs) but am I like in line with kind of my budgets in those and did I overspend or underspend and you know if I need to course correct at all I think the biggest thing is just non-judgmental transparency of like okay if like this is how much I spent I'm not gonna judge myself on it but if I do need to make adjustments anywhere like making those adjustments without making it mean something about me or having it be a super like dramatic thing. Right. Now you mentioned you uh, use a profit first system, which I love and hearing you say that. And 
what tools do you use? Do you use a spreadsheet? Uh, do you use a certain software or are you just a traditional pencil and paper type of gal? Love it. Um, yeah. So I use a spreadsheet. I have, it's like very low tech Google spreadsheet. I have Intuit self-employed, which is a lifesaver because you can very easily categorize personal spending versus business spending. And then I, I use Mint, which I know is like a classic kind of go-to. So those three really kind of keep me, keep me in line, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So you use a spreadsheet and Mint. That's interesting. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. And would you consider yourself a saver or a spender? I know you talked about emotional spending, but where do you fall? Yeah, I'm definitely more of a spender. I'm trying to get better and I have gotten a lot better. Um, I think something you said that I think is so powerful is knowing your why. Like mm -hmm. I have a very, if I have a why that I'm like very emotionally connected to, whether it's like a trip or something I'm saving up for, then I find it definitely way easier to save if I'm just kind of like, if I'm saving just because it's a quote unquote should, mm -hmm. then I know for myself, it's a lot harder for me to do it. So I, I try to always kind of have that thing in mind of like, okay, why are we doing this? Why do I need to save this money? Because I've found that really helps me overcome my like impulsive tendencies and think more long term. Perfect. So let's talk a little bit. I want to dig deeper a little bit uh, into emotional spending to the impulsive um, triggers. So I know you mentioned that's something that you're working on. And I know you mentioned right now about uh, really getting clear on your why and, and that how, how that helps. So what are the other things are you doing that you think are helping uh, in help, you know, minimizing those, uh, the emotional spending or the impulse spending. Absolutely. It's really, I mean, it's such a deep topic. I think <laughs> the, the number one thing that I've done for about a year and a half now that I think has, that has been really transformative is a daily mindset practice. So feeling into, okay, what, what are my goals? Like, okay, what, again, what am I saving this for? What do I, what do I want to create this money for? What kind of life does that look like? And then really feeling into those beliefs of like, okay, how do I need to be? What do I need to believe around money? What do I need to, and then what do I need to do to create that? And that to me has helped a really reduce the charge, the emotional charge around like scarcity mindset or not enough, or how am I going to make this happen? Um, and then really helps me just relate to my money in a different way because I feel excited. It's not a stressful like, oh, this is like so big and so much or like I can't have what I want. You know, it's like, no, I can. And so here's how I'm going to create work with myself, work with the, you know, the universe, work with my emotions to kind of help that come about. Because I think for me, for a long time, I just felt very disempowered by money. Mm. And so it was always a like, okay, well, I'm going to be really good and not spend any money at all on anything fun. And then kind of reacting again in that way of like, okay, well, now I'm going to go spend like $500 since I couldn't like for a long time. <laughs> 
you know, it's almost like binge spending. And like, so shifting out of that and saying, okay, no, like I can create what I want. I can have what I want. Am I choosing to buy it right now? Like maybe, maybe not. And just being more aware of that. Perfect. I love how intuitive you are. (laughs) What would you say is your proudest money moment? My proudest money moment was absolutely paying off the first credit card. And it's something that I'm, I'm still working on getting out of debt. It's something I've posted in your group about is one of my like biggest priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. That feeling of like, oh my gosh, like I did it. And, you know, just knowing that I was kind of on my way was that I'd like not only created this awareness around it for myself, but like faced it and tackled it and healed it It was just, oh my God, it was the best feeling in in the world. Love it. Love it. It's definitely something to be proud of. And I know you mentioned the book Profit First, which is definitely a fantastic book to read for those that are business owners. Is there any other money book that you say has been like transformational for you? Oh my gosh, yes. So The Path to Wealth is by a woman named Mae McCarthy. And she talks about this mindset practice that I mentioned. She has, it's like a half an hour, like daily routine that you can do. And that has been hugely transformational in my relationship with money. And then I would also say anything by Barbara Stanny. I'm a huge Mm -hmm. Barbara Stanny fan. Specifically, Sacred Success was the first one that I started with her. But again, it's like a lot of books that are less about the like nuts and bolts. Since I did feel like strong in that, it was more of the like the relational and like you said, the intuitive aspects of money and how to how to work with it in that way for sure. Perfect. Well, this has been fantastic, Natalie. As you know, this podcast is about making uh, some money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because? Because money is freedom. It really, when you can get clear on what it is you want to create and take action towards that, there's absolutely nothing more empowering. Absolutely. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Natalie. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. That was a fun chat with Natalie, and I hope you enjoyed it. I really appreciated how intuitive she is, how honest she is with herself and the work she has done to improve the area she needed to improve upon. I want to discuss this a little further, but first, as usual, I want to do a quick shout out. And today's shout out goes to Stephanie. Stephanie shared that she recently she made not such a good money decision. Uh, But because she had been budgeting, it wasn't a huge stressor as previous occasions. Everything was covered and making this oops a learning experience instead of an open earth and swallow me whole moment she shares. So Stephanie, thanks so much for sharing this and being transparent because yes, we're going to goof up sometimes, but If we have been working and progressing and making that spending plan or money plan or budget, if you will, things are going to be in a better position when you 
goof off, where you make that mistake, when you maybe not make the best decision, than if you did not have those systems in place. So I really, really appreciate you sharing that, Stephanie, and way to go. That is awesome. Now, as I mentioned, I really appreciated Natalie's intuitiveness, her honesty with herself in the work that she has done. In regards to her honesty with herself, it really made me think how there's a difference between that, maybe I should say icky feeling, if you will, that we ignore versus the actual awareness within yourself, which if you think about it, when you're really more aware within yourself, that's really being honest with yourself, right? And we need to remind ourselves of that because when we become aware of what is going on, we accept the current situation, but we can also improve upon the situation because we accepted it, right? On the other hand, when there's that icky feeling, I couldn't think of anything else to call it, inside you that let's say you're spending those feelings and you ignore it. Well, you will continue to feel like that, icky, just guilty, uh, maybe ashamed, and nothing will change. So I challenge you to pause and fully listen to the money side of your mind. Don't ignore it. Just listen. What is it saying? For me personally, for a long time, I ignored what my mind was telling me that I was taking it a little too far with being frugal. So if my husband is listening, he will probably be laughing. (laughs) Uh, You see, it ended up causing me to stress because my husband was the opposite of frugal, and he still is. Uh, And that definitely caused some friction. And once I finally pause and listen to what my mind, or maybe we can argue it's your heart, right? Once I paused and listened to that, what was tell, what that was telling me, I was able to accept it. I was able to work through it. I was able to realize that I was taking a little bit too far with being frugal. And at the same time, even though being frugal was going to be saving me money, I wasn't really seeing that extra money. I was essentially feeling bad or feeling icky or having that weird feeling for nothing. There was no strategy in place. In realizing this, it allowed me to shift what I was doing with a better strategy. Yes, there's still going to be frugality involved. That doesn't go all the way. But it's not so extreme and it has allowed for a better relationship with my husband. Now it's your turn. What happens? When you listen to your mind, or like we said, maybe it's your heart, take a moment to write those things down. Have you been ignoring some of those thoughts? If so, are those ignored thoughts not serving you? Take a moment to accept those thoughts and think through and write down what you can do to change and improve, improve upon this. If you like what you heard, I and want to connect with more with Natalie, she does have a free confidence course that you can grab over. I have the link in the show notes. That is at jenhempel.com forward slash 114. Now, next week, 
We are talking travel and how airline tickets don't have to be so expensive. And I will have Scott Keys, the owner of Scott's Cheap Flights on. We'll learn about him, his money story, and of course, his service and all the tips that he has learned in finding cheap flights. Also, next week, you will hear a slight change in the format of the podcast because we have a sponsor. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Natalie for joining us. So be sure to check out the show notes on where to find Natalie and get her free confidence course over at jenhempill.com forward slash 114. Also, if this particular episode or just the podcast in general has made a difference for you, it would mean the world for me if you share it. Uh, That is the biggest compliment or one of the biggest compliments you can uh, make uh, for me. So I really appreciate you tuning in and I will talk to you again next Thursday. Ciao. 